without any fear, uh, where many, many people in, around the world have this fear and oppressed and go through so much persecution, Lord, uh, when they can't get together and worship or even have access to the word of God. And Father, that you have given us this freedom. Help us not to take this for granted, but take every opportunity, Father, to come and fellowship together and study from your word. The time that we will redeem the time, God. We will redeem the time. And we'll not take it for granted everything that the privileges that we have. But Father, we will pursue with all our heart. Our hearts will burn with the word of God. And not only, Father, just the hearers of the word, but we will be the doers of the word. Holy Spirit, we ask you to minister to us uh, this morning. Speak to us, Lord. Your word says you shall know the truth and truth shall set you free. And we pray that you will indeed set us free, Father, from any kind of lie that we have believed in, Father. So we give you glory, honor, and praises to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You know, we've been, um, I think it was two weeks ago, I, I spoke on uh, salvation and discipleship. And I, I really love to speak about discipleship because somebody says, somebody said this, Christian conversion without discipleship is spiritual abortion. You cannot have a Christian just convert. You have to disciple them. The reason we are ineffective is because we don't disciple people. And Sunday coming to church is not just discipleship. It's growing each and every day. Yeah, Sunday coming itself is an effort sometimes. But that's not discipleship. Yeah? So I want to make a distinction. And the reason I want, before I go into the process of various uh, be, uh, disciplines, I want to make a distinction between what salvation is and what discipleship is. Otherwise, what happens, you become legalistic. Because all you're doing is more based on more being legalistic than a love relationship. You will do out of fear. Do, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Uh, we, we, we sing all these beautiful songs, uh, and, but sometimes when we read the thing, you get more depressed after re reading the verse. And you think, oh man, that verse doesn't make sense to me. How can it be? You know? And some of the preachers, unfortunately, use certain scriptures to intimidate people, make them even to come to church. I was in the Philippines, and uh, I met this uh, uh, a group of people. Uh, they are asked to go to church every day because they believe that church is going to be physically resurrected to the building. So if you are not in the church, it's like missing the boat. <laughs> I said, wow, what a way to talk to people, you know, completely. And sometimes people put fear of God that if you don't do this, you don't do this, you know, you will not enter the kingdom of God. And we forget that the salvation is the gift of God. And we forget that part all the time. It is the gift of God. How many, what difference it makes between our religion, uh, what we believe in, and all other religion? Do you know what that is? It's one word. It's called grace. Every other religion requires you to do something. It's only Christendom that he does everything for us. He has done everything for us. So I want to tell you the uh, difference. So those who, who were not here last week. So salvation... But Bible says in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is, uh, sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Now I want to ask you, how big is the eternal life? When I tell you, hey Jenny, okay, you accept Christ, you have eternal life. How big is it? 
It's, it's for eternity? Are we sure? 100% sure, yeah? It doesn't change. So I can't take it back. I mean, I've given to you, I can't take it back. It's not an Indian giving, yeah? It's Jesus who gave. Indian means Indian, American Indian giving. That's where the saying comes from. So it is eternal. It's a gift. Gift means I can't pay for it. It's not Wyndham vacations. They said, oh, you've won the three-day vacations. Then they ask you to attend this workshop and want to invest $50,000. It's not that. It is an eternal gift. And it's only in the result of believing in him. Yeah? So I want to make a distinction there. So you, you, once you understood that, and, and then we see in Luke, so what is discipleship? In Luke it says, uh, in 14 verse uh, 26 to 33, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father, mother, wife, and children, and brother, and sister, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. It's a different thing. It's not talking about the salvation here, yeah? You are saved purely by the grace of God. But if you want to, he says, if you want to be my disciples, that means if you want to follow me, that means if you want to be, my, uh, if you want me to be Lord, then you must. You see, if you don't hate, he's not saying you hate your mom and dad. You know, he's just saying that if you don't give me the number one priority in life, you will not successfully walk. Yeah. So it says, whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, when you want to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation, is not able to finish it. All who observe it begin to ridicule him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish it or what a king when he sets out to meet another king in battle will not sit down and consider whether he is strong enough with 10,000 men to en encounter the one coming against him with 20,000 or else while other is still far away he sends a delegation and asks to terms of peace so then none of you can be my disciple who does not give up all his possessions. So what he's saying that, okay, you can be a child of God, but if you want to be my disciple, you must deny yourself, take up the cross, and follow me. The problem is, we, we, we can be, we want Christian, yes, you have access to. So salvation is where you will spend eternity. But discipleship is how you will spend your eternity. Remember these two differences. What is it? Salvation is where you will spend your eternity. Discipleship is how you will spend eternity. So you cannot add to the salvation anything at all. You and me are purely saved. Why? Because Bible says when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Not when I got it together. Yeah? So when I didn't have anything to offer, I got saved purely by His grace. But my reward is totally based on how I walk right now. 
So how you live your life right now as a disciple will determine your reward. That's why Jesus said, in, I can't remember the scripture, it says, whoever first, uh, lost your parents or forsook their uh, thing, lost your family and everything, I will return hundredfold greater in reward. Anything you leave. I believe one of my, uh, one of the goodnesses I experienced in my life is the very reason that that season when was the most difficult in my life, I stood. I didn't back down of my faith. When my family kicked out, when, when everybody said, you know, you, you are dead to us, I stood for the gospel. Because I stood with my convictions. And I believe God rewarded me for that. And that's the reward. And this reward is nothing, absolutely nothing compared to what is coming. So if you think, oh yes, I am saved and I can live whatever they want. I tell you, you can live whatever you want. Would you go to heaven? Absolutely. But how would you like to spend your eternity? Eternity is thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Never ending. But this small life, he says, make sure you live. That's why Paul says, I run the race to win the crown. Everybody is in the race. But he says, I run it in a such a way that I win the crown. Yeah? So I want to, the, the, as I said, the importance of this, me sharing about the distinction is otherwise we become religious. I'm thinking I'm doing it for my salvation. You're not doing it for your salvation. You're totally saved. You're 100% saved. You're so righteous. When Father sees you, you're accepted. Yeah? Because you are in Christ. It's like you are in this building. People driving around don't see you. They see the building. Because you are in him. So when I am in Christ, the Father sees me. He sees his righteousness. I am in Christ, a new creation. Not apart from Christ. Yeah? Very important to know that. So I'm just giving. So in this particular verse we read, it says, if anyone, in verse 26, if anyone does not, cannot be my disciples. Whoever does not, cannot be my disciple. Again, whoever, who of you do not, cannot be my disciples. So it's basically talking about discipleship. Salvation, we can't do any work. But discipleship will not happen without work. You have to work. Yeah? Bible doesn't open for you every morning by itself, supernaturally. You've got to open it. You know? The Bible says, the scriptures uh, in James, it says, get closer to God and he will get closer to you. Whose job is to get closer? It's our job. That means you've got to rise up in the morning with an excitement and go on your knees. Pray, pray without ceasing for it is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. If you want to know whether you are in a will of God, just look at your prayer life. Yeah? But you are not doing this anything to add to his finished work. This is building relationship. You are a child. Your goal is to grow up as a son 
and then become a friend. You know, to my children, to my sons and all, I have to sometimes speak loudly. But I, once I become closer as a friend, I just have to whisper. That's why he calls us a bride of Christ. Because before you are married and uh, you're always, especially when you're engaged, you're talking, you're saying, you're saying, I will, I will bring the moon, the sun, and everything here. And I'm, a lot of the time, we don't even like and we don't even say the wrong thing, you know. We say, oh man, why, why is she behaving that way? I didn't know she likes that. Anyway, we compromise that, move on. And we come all that. And now, uncle will tell you, especially I, when I can, I've been married for 18 years. They don't have to talk. Wife can have a look, and he gets the whole download. Sermon, what she means. And same thing with, with the husband. The husband looks at her, and she knows the whole word. Nobody else knows. God wants us to have, God, the, Jesus said, we are the bride of Christ. We've got to be in such intimacy with him, such closeness with him. If he has to speak louder to us, that tells us our relationship. God doesn't speak. I can't hear. I can't. Yeah. It's not God's problem. He's communicating all the time. I am not hearing. So I am the one who is misplaced, not him. Yeah. So this was just to give some of you the background from last week. So I'm going to continue this this week because some of you came up with certain questions last time. So here it is. Always remember, context is king. Yeah? When you're reading the scripture, context is king. You've got to read the scripture in its context. Remo remove the text from the word context. What you are left with? Con. What is con? Deception. Deceiving. Yeah? We sometimes pull up a scripture. I have seen some fiery preachers, you know, take one scripture and they beat the heck out of people. They take out, out of context. Always read scripture out of context. Always read what is it said before it? What is it said after it? What is the setting of the scripture? How does God intend for this? You know? Now like last time I said, you know, we read the words, uh, Romans 8.28. We say all things work for good those who love God. Oh yeah, it's going to work out, man. I had an accident. Don't worry. God will work out all these things. I break the law. I know God will work out. What is this? He says, all things work for good for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. When you're walking in His will, when you're doing the right thing, even though you fall the opposition, when things go wrong, He will make sure it will work in your favor. That is the context of it. Not to pull up scripture here and there and just think it's going to work out for you. It doesn't work that way. Yeah? So remember this when I'm going to share. I tell you, 
some of the verses that I'm going to be sharing is going to really, <clears throat> it's going to come out. Some of you won't be upset, uh, happy. I don't care. It's my conviction and I believe and you will see the manifestation of those things in my life. John 4, 10, it says, Jesus answered and said, if anyone knew the gift of God who is always who it is and who says to you, give me a drink, and you would ask him and he would give you a living water. This was the statement he spoke to the woman at the well and said, I will give you the living water. The context is salvation. I just want to say that it is the gift of God, salvation, and by the grace of God. Gift and grace of God. Yeah. Do not confuse this. Sometimes people confuse the gift and grace. Confusing gift and grace is just mixing vinegar and honey or salt and sugar. You can't do that. Grace is grace, you know, and work is a prayer. Work is part of your discipleship, whereas grace is for your grace, empowers you to do the work. Yeah? And another thing you have to remember here is uh, do we become sinners because we sin? Are you a sinner because you sinned? Sorry? Well, why everybody's just say yes or no? Yeah? Uh, sorry? Came from Adam. So the, 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 who is the youngest? Leah is the youngest here? Do you think she's a sinner? Jean said no. <laughs> Jean said no. <laughs> She's not. But is she a sinner? Yes. Absolutely. She's a sinner. But she did she what did she go partying or something last night? No, she didn't do the clubbing or anything like that. I know. But she is sinner, yeah? She how many months is she? Six months. She's a sinner. Now she didn't become a sinner because she committed sin she is born a sinner yeah so she is she is a sinner the scripture says in Romans 5:15 but the free gift is not like a trespass if anyone died through one man's trespass much more have the grace of god the free gift the uh, the free gift by the grace of God that one man, Jesus Christ, abound to for many. What does the scripture say in another version? Same thing? Do you have another version? It's basically saying, as through Adam, sin entered the world, many would be made righteous through Jesus Christ. So basically saying that not by our works we will be made, but our belief in Jesus Christ. He says, through one man's sin, every man was made sinner. But another thing here it says, it is through one man, everyone will be made righteous. It didn't say made righteous. Everybody who believes in Jesus Christ would be made righteous. Yeah? Justified. And how much righteous are we? Yeah, we are 
100% righteous. We can't be any more righteous or less righteous. Yeah? It is only by the grace of God. So we all have sinned. Scripture says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everybody. Yeah? And that's why it says that again in the same wages of sin is that gift of God is eternal life. It's very, I know that I'm repeating again and again. Because when you don't do that, you will never operate in the supernatural because you will walk in your identity of your doing rather than knowing who you are. Unless you know who you are in the Lord, you will never walk supernaturally. Yeah? We're all going to make mistakes. I can tell you in the last 24 hours, you would have sinned. Anger, frustration, yelling, somehow, some way. Yeah? It's not just the sin of commission, it's a sin of omission. It's like not doing what God would have called you to do. So we've all sinned. But our, as a disciple, our job is to continue to be transformed. Yeah? So if you're looking at our righteousness with our doing, we will never be right with God. But does that give us a license to do, live anyway? Not at all. Because our job as a disciple is to become as a teacher is. Yeah? It's our doing. So that's why I was saying all these scriptures because I know when I'm going to read one of the scriptures, you will have all have questions. Second Corinthians 9.15 says, Thanks to God for his indescribable gift. Yeah. Galatians 2.21 says, I do not nullify the grace of God, for if the righteousness come through the law, then Christ died needlessly. That means if I can do it, because nobody was strict in following law. Forget us as a Gentile, because we didn't even know. Jewish people knew exactly what Old Testament requirement. And Pharisees fulfilled them. But Paul said, what I learned, I consider them as rubbish. But he says, if that can fulfill what God wanted, then Christ didn't have to die. His death was a waste. Yeah? I would like you to, my laptop is just funny, it's jumping up at different locations. Okay, now I want you to uh, read Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. I wanna, and this again separates, yeah, yeah.
Yeah. So, so look at that. There are two things in this verse, yeah, in this couple of verses. It says that we are saved purely by grace, and it's not the result of our work, so that any man can boast. But then it says, for we are his workmanship, for what? Created in Christ Jesus onto good works. Now that is discipleship. You understand? I am saved purely by the grace of God, but he created me in Christ Jesus onto do good works, which God has before ordained that he would walk in them. I can never do that good works until I am in him. So you understand the difference between the discipleship and salvation. The very important to this uh, understand. So salvation happens immediately. The moment you give your life to Christ. Same thing, discipleship also happens. But it can be either rejected, neglected, or maintained. I have seen people, those who have been in the church, for 20, 30 years. But ha don't have a basic understanding of what scripture tells you. Because it doesn't come by itself. If it comes by itself, God will not say, you know, in all, get knowledge. It doesn't say to uh, get knowledge. It says, you know, we have to acquire the knowledge of understanding. He won't say, it doesn't have to say that meditate on the word of God day and night. It is important for us to meditate. It is important for us to study the word of God. It is important to prove ourselves by reading the word of God. Most of the people perish, he says, my people perish, lack of knowledge. It doesn't say wisdom. Because knowledge has to be acquired, wisdom, has, uh, wisdom is gift of God. Yeah, we can blame God, but we can't blame for the knowledge. A wisdom also you have to ask. Yeah? That's why it says in Proverbs, in, in all you're getting, get understanding. Why understanding? So that when people say a lie or some scripture enemy comes against you, you have an understanding. You can stand under that scripture. Understanding. Stand under that. So that enemy cannot deceive you with a lie. Yeah? Very important. So we have concluded this. It's only through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ that we can be saved and united with the Father. It's a free gift of God that cannot be earned or worked for. You cannot earn it, you cannot work for. Yeah? But can you lose it? <laughs> be very careful when you, how you respond. When you respond to it, always remember, he gave me eternal life. For how long is eternity? He didn't say, oh, I'll give it to you for two days or uh, until you live here. I give you eternal life. Never ending. Ajo comes to me, he said, I want this. I said, have it, mate. It's eternally yours. Eternally, you're going to be in this position. Now, can he lose it? I 
I want you to think. I want you to think because this is very, very important. John 10, 28 and 29 says, I give eternal life to them for they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. Do you think they can be lost? Read on it. Very, very careful. Read it because people will throw a lot of things at you. But justify this scripture. I give them eternal life. They will never. When is, how much is never? Huh? Never means never. No matter Greek or Hebrew, whatever you want to look at. It means never. You will never. They will never perish, it says. Remember this scripture. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. Yeah? You know, when uh, Jesus was speaking to uh, Reverend Nick, Nicodemus, why, why did he use the statement born again? And what was Nicodemus' question? How can I enter my mother's womb? So he understood what Jesus was referring to. He says, no, when you're born of the spirit, it's just like a birth of a child. Can you reverse a birth of child? No matter how much you like your baby or don't like your baby, you can't just say, you know, I'm going to give it back and let's reprocess this whole thing in a system. You can't do that. A born child is a born child. That's what he was trying to say. You see, when you, that doesn't mean you can get away with sin in life. Yeah? When you commit sin, what happens is you lose your awareness of his presence, God's presence in your life. Your prayers don't get answered. You feel unworthy. You will miss God's plan for your life. That's the consequences of sin they will miss the eternal reward. Yeah? I want you to read uh, 1 Corinthians 3, 12 to 15. Now, if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each man's work will become evident for the day will show it's because it will be revealed with fire and the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work if any man's work which he has built on it remains he will receive a reward if any man's work is burnt he will suffer loss but he himself will be saved through faith what is it trying to say now some of you will not live of disciple life discipleship so some of you will not Fulfill what God has called you to. You will live sin. You will do things. And then a season afterwards. You are living for yourself. But what you miss. Is the reward. It says. But he himself. Shall be saved. Yet so by as a fire. He will be saved. But that's all his eternity is going to be. 
You understand? You will enter heaven, but you lose your reward. And we don't want that. Yeah? Now, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 6. 4 to 6. Now, after I have said this, all this, I want you to listen to this one. Take a deep breath and let's read this. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened, have tasted the, of the heavenly gift, and were made partaker of the Holy Spirit. Next verse. And have tasted the good word of God and the power of the world to come. If they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. What does that mean? Yeah? Any? Most preachers will take this and uh, bash you left and right. Even though we had read scores of these verses, gift of God, grace of God, mercy of God, and everything, and they will hang on to one scripture. This is what happens when we take the scripture out of context. What is Hebrew? When it says title itself, it should tell you. Hebrews, who was the focus? Hebrews doesn't mean he makes coffee. <laughs> Hebrews. Yeah? Yeah. What was that Hebrew? He was writing to a Jewish people. Yeah. So the context here is not that. You know, Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who, what is the one? Who trusts in him. You can taste it. But you may not necessarily trust him. Roman times, what was happening was, these people, we know even through Jesus' ministry, he fed 5,000 at one time, 4,000 at another time. And he, after his resurrection, he, how many people saw him? 500 people or more. But how many were at the upper room? 120. Where were the others? And when the New Testament church, what happens is persecution started, severe persecution. And Paul was one of them who was taking part of that. So what he, he's, he, the context here, he's saying that they had experienced, they have tested, they got enlightened with the word of God that this is the truth. But yet, they went to their Always abiding with the law, doing all those things. I have a friend. He, he, he was the first person who somehow nudged me about Christianity. But because his parent had huge wealth, he gave his life to Christ. But he never followed through in other things. And ended up dying because he got into alcohol, uh, started drinking, married a first of all a Hindu girl, started drinking, 
completely lost his ways and start throwing up and in his throwing up he died there was a ravi zakaria was telling a story about an imam in a middle east after his discussions with him imam recognized that yes jesus indeed is truly god secretly to him but he said i can't confess that openly and be his disciple here he's saying that after all this i cannot bring them it's not talking can you can't show me a word for salvation there because they were never saved it says to repentance to turn them around i can't do that he says there is no more sacrifice left how can jesus contradict to somebody imagine a person comes in he's in faith he falls away he comes back he was a bible college person he is a pastor he went away fall away because of tragedy tragedy for many years one day comes back and said you know what i committed sin and me as a pastor bringing up bring up that verse buddy bring from the beginning he says i have repented i believe jesus is i am such a sinner forget it it is written in it is impossible for those who were enlightened and it tasted the heavenly gift were made partaker of the holy spirit bring them back into repentance do you think that's true can you apply this verse this person who has been a believer and everything walked away and coming back is not talking about people those who had an encountered christ or a born again believer is talking about the people i have preached the gospel they have heard it they experienced the power of god when they got healed who whose power they experienced god's power the power of the spirit when they experienced uh, when the word was shared and they got convicted bible says when you hear the word do not harden your heart but yet if they harden and forsake it says there is no sacrifice left no more christ cannot be crucified again he died once for all scripture says but these are the scriptures they're going to bring it to you yeah what does 10 say let's let's read chapter 10 it says this let us hold fast to the confession of our hope from verse 23 onwards 23 27 he says let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds forsaking our own assemblies together as it is a habit of some but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day is drawing near for if we go on sinning willfully after receiving the knowledge the truth there is no longer remains a sacrifice for sins how can a sacrifice for sin for remain for a believer because it's been washed away by the blood of jesus yeah and he says sins but terrifying expectation of judgment the fury of fire which will consume the adversaries what is trying to say is for born again believer your sin is remembered no more which sins are forgiven all present past future everything is brought under the blood of jesus yeah so how can he make a judgment so he's talking about the people 
that Jewish people, those who were believers there, they not a believer as if they have not surrendered their life to Christ, but they heard the gospel. They were people, those who heard the gospel, but because of the persecution of peer pressure or traditions, they didn't want to surrender their life to him. He says, even after you have known all these things, and if you don't follow, then there is no sacrifice left for you. That is what he is trying to say. The greatest sin. People don't go to, I have mentioned this before, people don't go to hell because of sin. You know that. They go to, go to hell for rejecting Jesus Christ. Because the sin was dealt on the cross. People go to hell because they rejected Jesus Christ. Not because of sin. Sin was dealt on. Devil was defeated for. But there is a solution provided who is Jesus Christ. And people reject that. They choose to go to hell. Yeah? So now you know this verse. If you have one I... Uh, Discuss or challenge on this, please do come. But make sure you read all the other verses before you come. Yeah? Here is another one. This is another one. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 to 13. Then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, both to will and work of his goodness. Isn't that looks like a scary gospel than a good gospel? Again, when we read things out of context and don't understand the words within the verse, we can think. Here, sometimes people say that work out your salvation. That not, it says work out your salvation. It doesn't say work for your salvation. It's two different things. You've got to work out. It's, people say, no, 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 you have to work out your salvation. Work for your salvation. It says, work out your salvation. Yeah? Some of you don't, didn't get it. You're just moving your head. You see, in the New Testament, whenever it says, fear, work out your salvation, it says, what I have placed in you, already in you. The Bible says the kingdom of God is within you. Work it out. Let it manifest it in your life and through your life. That's what it's saying. Working out doesn't mean I'm working towards the salvation. He says, I have put life in you. Let it work out so that it comes out. I have put life in you. Transform your mind. Do not conform to this world, but be transformed your mind. Yeah? We got to be transformed so that we can live that life through. That's what it's trying to say. Fear and trembling 
is the word fear and trembling here, we say it as negative, but every time fear and trembling is mentioned in New Testament is in a, in a positive context, not negatively. Yeah? So fear and trembling, the fear is here is reverential fear. What is it here, verse says? Below all your, no, 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 no. Fear and trembling. I want you to read in the NLT version what it says. Reverence and fear. Work out your salvation. I have deposited life in you. Now live such a way that you work it out. Do not, in other words, he's saying, uh, I want, okay, let me bring this to home. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 2. You will understand the same word. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, so hey, 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 there is the verse. There is the verse. He says, For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, in much trembling. Fear and much trembling. By, and my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom but in the demonstration of the spirit and the power, so that your faith would not rest in the wisdom of man, but not on the power, but on the power of God. Yeah, is that what I read? But on the power of God. So what he is trying to say is, I didn't come with, I came with fear and trembling. He says, I was not relying on my human effort. What he's saying, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. He says, don't, don't rely on yourself. Rely on God. This is the reason we, we, we don't share the gospel effectively. Why? Because we rely on us. We don't pray for the sick. Why? Because I am relying on myself. He says, do not. He says, I leave aside my human wisdom all my understanding, all that I know, I leave it aside. But the promises he gave, I hold on to them reverentially. I follow that and I obey God. That's what he's trying to say. The fear and trembling. If any preacher preaches to you, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Dreadful. What kind of gospel is that, man? Which part is the good news I want to know in there? Here he is saying, that's why whenever you read the scripture, read in different versions. Different versions. So that when you read in different versions, they are simplified. Do the word study. The fear is reverential fear. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom. It's not the dread of Lord is beginning of wisdom. It's a fear. The fear is reverential fear of God is beginning of wisdom that's what he's saying that do not rely on your own strength on your own ability 
but do it by trusting in God. For it is God who is at work in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Who is working in you? God. So you are not the one who is working in you. You have to allow him though. The work he is doing, you should allow him to manifest in your life and through, through your life. Yeah? Here is a paraphrasing that verse. Work, work out through your life all the wonderful things God has put in you. Trust in him and put your confidence in him and not in yourself. He knows the plan and purposes for your life. He's moving in you to give you the power and ability to fulfill all that he has called you to do. That's what it means. There is another verse which I won't uh, speak today. Come Sunday and you will hear it. John 15 verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away and every branch that bears fruit he prunes so that it may bear no fruit. This is another one people take it for a spin. Always remember God's character doesn't change. He's not a schizo. He says today one thing, tomorrow one thing. He won't be then yesterday, same yesterday, today and forever. His character never changes. We've got to read the scripture in its context and understand, uh, you know, why. Always one verse come in, see what does scripture say about it in other scriptures. Because it was consistent, all that. Danger is when you take one scripture. Imagine you open up a Bible and some people's reading is this. What is God speaking? Hmm? <laughs> oh, that's the verse he's speaking. Okay, that's good. Imagine you see, and Judas, hung in, no, no, it was just Satan entered his name. Next thing was, oh, he hung himself. In the next video, why delay? <laughs> you may as well do it. It's the danger. That's how some people read the scriptures. Or sometimes we read it very religiously, you know, to tick the boxes. You understand, you read the scriptures that always when you go through God, when, when you're in your walk with God, don't try to copy somebody's pattern. God has created it uniquely. Yeah? Remember, this has life. If you give it your time in this, he will transform you in a powerful way. Supernatural become natural in your life. Supernatural is not a big thing. But if we don't know the word, every supernatural we think, we'll say, oh, it is from the word of God. Not every supernatural is from the word of God. There are counterfeits out there. Every experience has sub be subject to that word. The word should not come under your experience. Your experience should be subject to this. Word should be the first priority. And if you do that, that's why people walk in guilt. They read some of these scriptures and they say, oh, impossible to taste. 
Why would he say to Peter? Peter said, how many times I should forgive, Lord? Seventy times? He said, no, you will forgive always. That was the essence of what he said. And then we read this scripture. See, I heard a preacher preach that. A girl who came back and he said, I was living in the scene. I had a revelation. And he said, too bad. This is what the scripture says. How merciful God is. I tell you, if he treated us that way, none of us would be, I won't be preaching and you won't be listening. Because I won't be here. If that was the standard. Bible says nothing can snatch us from the love of God. But your reward is purely based on discipleship. How you walk on this face of this earth. What you do with the name of Jesus. If you just want to be enter the heaven, yes, you'll be there. But I tell you, Bible says no eyes have seen, no ears have heard what the Lord has prepared for us. That means there is a greater level of things. Not everybody doesn't get in. It's not like a one big restaurant party that we all come together in the same level. No. Those who die for him, they have a greater reward. Those who stand their ground. I tell you, the time here is this much compared to eternity. Amen? And now, following weeks, I will start speaking on what are certain disciplines. Now, discipline itself is not... Discipline itself, remember, is that positions us. Disciplines are those things that position us and bring us to a place to receive from Him. But the act itself is not that changes God at all. It just positions me in a place. That's why spiritual discipline is important. In another word to look at, a farmer cannot make anything grow. Yeah? He works on his land, he plows the ground, he sows the seed. But he has no power over the rain or ability to make it grow. But if he doesn't do what he was meant to do, he will never see the harvest at all. In the same way, discipline and those discipleship or acts of discipline are not something that in itself will do great things in our lives. It just positions me in the right atmosphere to be transformed by his goodness. Amen? Very good. So we're going to just uh, quickly pray and I'll wrap it up. And uh, um, if you are, have any prayer requests, you can come and we'll pray, pray for you. Uh, otherwise, we'll close it up. Yeah. So Father, we are so grateful uh, that we have the opportunity to meditate on your word, Father. As we learn, Father, your mercies are everlasting, Father. Your life is eternal indeed, Father. Your word is eternal. Father, I pray that as we go into studying further about the spiritual discipline, that you practice yourself. That we will be people, those who come boldly through the throne of grace. As your scripture says, Father, come to his throne room boldly. We will come boldly, Father, not with fear, not with doubts, not with uh, 
divided minds father but we would come with confidence knowing that everything is under the blood and i will completely come with boldness and to live a life that is always pleasing to you father it pleases you even though your word says you know without holiness nobody will see god but we were made righteousness we were made righteous in your sight but we will not experience you in this life if we don't live a holy life so father help us to walk in the light as you are in the light father so we give you all the glory honor and praises to you in jesus name